You're listening to Civically, the podcast where passion meets purpose and purpose becomes action. Get to know your civic leaders and help bring change. How's it going, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in today to our very first podcast with a guest. My name is Jose Bora, and I'm here with Nancy Martinez, and we're your hosts for today's show. Our guest for today is Rachel Hernandez. We hope you are all excited the same way we are. Yes, thank you, Jose. We're super excited to have Rachel on. And for those of you who don't know who Rachel is, she is first generation and is raised here in San Isabel County. During junior college, she joined a political science club where she was inspired by the way that civic engagement and communications, or the lack of it, impacts communities. She went on to earn her bachelor's in political science and her master's in public administration, which focused on Central Valley nonprofits and the local government. She has worked at the Capitol in legislation on federal, state, and local campaigns, and in nonprofits serving a range of populations. In 2020, she ran for city council in Riverbank, where she currently serves. And on behalf of Debrief, I mean, I think we're super excited to have you on, Rachel, um, for part because we've had the privilege of listening to you speak at several events, and it's such an inspiration to see the way that you are advocating for our communities uh, being so young and being a woman, right? So all our love goes out to you, Rachel, and we welcome you. How are you doing today? Good. I'm never, ever used to, you know, sending over the bio and, you know, writing about myself and all of that. So I gave you the the short version. <laughs> do, you, do you want to tell us more about, about you? <laughs> Um, I mean, I don't have anything else to add to it, except, you know, it's, I think like both of you, it's always, this work is always driven by, you know, supporting our, our gente, our community and, um, and, and also getting other people who look like us to get involved. Cause they're like, we cannot be the only ones. <laughs> I definitely agree to that. Cause I think, uh, we always have a certain image of what a, political advocate it looks like and it's usually not us which the sad reality it should be us because hey we are the people we are the community nosotros somos la gente so uh a question so how has that experience been being on the city council for the riverbank you've been around on there for about two years is that right yeah i was elected in uh 2020 uh peak pandemic peak wildfires you know when when everyone was still kind of very apprehensive to talk to each other but um at the same time it was funny because during the campaign it felt like more people were answering their doors too because i think it was like you know wanting to talk to somebody wanting to to have these conversations i mean they didn't know who i was but but people were happy to talk and um i think i found myself being really relieved because I was like, I am not the talker, believe it or not, but but I'm more of the listener and and people wanted to be heard. So it, it made it so much easier. And and really that's been the experience the last couple years is is listening, is is connecting with people. And um that's made it easier. I, but to your point exactly, you know, not looking like anybody you know, in, in elected office. I think I'm one of the, if not the second youngest or um, the youngest, no, I think one of the second or third youngest people elected in the county. And so, you know, it it feels isolating 
but but it's then you just want to get involved in these spaces and want to connect to other people like yourselves and um you know cherish these moments uh you know when and in other spaces you know it's it's pretty isolating yeah i mean i i think we can only imagine how what that feels like but i mean we applaud you for still being on there and hopefully you continue doing that type of work right mm-hmm. um but yeah, I mean, today we, we want to talk about what that means, like being equitable or, or having equitable representation in local government. And, and so my question to you right now is, what does that mean to have equitable representation of communities? I, I think, like, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here, but, but some people have a difficult time uh, differentiating like equity and equality. And I think with equity, you know, you you have to figure out like where you stand in these spaces and make space for those who don't have a voice, you know. So um, I feel I like describe myself as introverted, but you know, sometimes I'm like, I you know, our voices are needed, and and I have to step up in this space, and I have to to be there. And you know, where and if I can bring someone else along with me, you know that cliche you bring bring a seat to the table with you so yeah like like having the equity I I think forces people will force people to make space and to step back and um and and allow others to take up that that space and so I think that that's super important and um it's hard I think it's hard to to know where you're at on that spectrum but you know, that, that representation, it matters. I, I think, uh, and it's like that little anecdote that's going around with Little Mermaid being a person of color and like, everyone's so excited and, you know, it makes a difference. I personally have seen the videos for it and I'm excited for it as well. I, I think it's like, it's going to be my first mermaid movie that I've actually seen. I don't think I've actually seen the real uh, color cartoon version with the red hair and the the cream color skin but like to me this is amazing i'm super excited for it because it's somebody that looks like us has experienced the things we've have and really has has a different mindset that isn't the traditional thing as you could so-called call it so you're a role model for for many young leaders females uh women that want to one day be in in that how does it feel uh does does that scare you in any way or does that excite you to to be in the shoes that people could one day look up to you and say hey i want to be like rachel oh i'm gonna you're gonna make me cry on this podcast i <laughs> i you know i don't think about that at all and um I think I'll keep it in mind because it'll make me feel better on those days we were talking about that are isolating. But um, I, you know, we get wrapped up in the work and um, I think um, it really, it's motivating. It's, it's motivating to know that, you know, during my campaign, for example, um, in the midst of the campaigns, uh, a young person from Oakland reached out and they were like, I want to run, you know, next year. Can I, you know, how can I do that? And can you just, can I talk to you through your campaign and, and what that would look like for me? And, um, they ended up running and, 
you know, it was exciting to see that, you know, and, and been updating me the entire time and just um, to be connected in so many ways with people. It's just, um, I think that's, that's the best part about it. And, and hearing people, you know, it's just thinking about even in this space, like people want to hear you and want to hear what you have to say. And, um, it's motivating. A hundred percent. I think that it's, I mean, like, I, I really can't relate directly to, to your experience already being in that position. But I mean, I can see it from the outsider's perspective. It's like, I have younger sisters, right? And just being able to say like, oh, I know Rachel Hernandez, and she's on the city council for Riverbank. Like, that's just such a cool thing yeah. to be able to say, right? Um, so yeah, again, all the, the praises to you. And, and And now I'm like wondering what do we what like impact does it have on the community kind of on that same flow like what do we risk by not having people like you and having other women and other younger people in these city council positions or super board supervisor positions or even board members of nonprofits like you are what do we, what do we risk by that i feel like like if you take a look at history you can already see you know you can see how our communities have been left behind and how um, our communities haven't had a voice and how and how they're built even like we we look at histories of like redlining of racism of uh, and even indirectly of like not including women in those like exactly what you said those boards of director spaces um, and and even and then again young people too like you we kind of have to go through these, like, you know, when you apply for a job, you have to have 10 years of experience for, you know, the, whatever you apply to. And, and I think, you know, I, it's interesting to see those things changing, like even like how work is done and how, um, you know, the, the types of opinions that are needed and, the, the whole idea of like diversity, equity, and inclusion, and people forget that inclusion is the, the biggest part of it. And, and how do you do that? So um, when we're not at the table, our voices aren't heard. And then you so see Riverbank, for example, is 60% um, Latino and or Spanish speaking. And, and to not have like a majority Latino city council, it how are we supposed to represent our community, um, you know, equitably or equally um, in, in the decisions that are made? So um, I think it's important to know, you know, what city councils do and boards of supervisors do because that impacts us so directly. And it's like the boring stuff, right? Like roads and, and garbage services and, and um, you know, how homes are built the planning for that, but it's also the most important part, you know, and that we see and, and the parks that we play in and um, just the, the shade structures that are provided and the languages. And so um, I find myself being like a broken record almost in, in a lot of meetings, city council meetings, where I'm like, hey, is this in Spanish too? Or are we, you know, not everyone has social media. Are we sending letters? Uh, to the homes that are being impacted directly. So um, if you don't know, then you don't know. I think that's simply put, but so we have to be in those spaces.
I definitely agree to that. I definitely think it's critical for 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 everybody to kind of be aware of what's happening with their then their local government, whether uh, you're a certain demographic or not. Uh, so with that, which of the other communities do you think? Uh, which communities do you think are the most vulnerable to issues that arise? I know you briefly mentioned that Latinos make up about 60% of the community in Riverbank. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more more on some of the communities that, that are at most risk? I think that we often forget about like the multi-generational, you know, families and like those populations. Like we renters versus homeowners like we have different you know interests and and uh needs um then on the other hand of it we have i mean i mean going along that like the multi-generational the being the eldest you know daughter of a family you know as as progressive as i am i i have responsibilities that i take on you know in our in our cultures and our families and um and at that same time, you know, we have uh, race and like how uh, Latinos are kind of grouped into one. But gosh, like, it's so diverse, like, you know, the, the Latino culture. And at the same time, um, Asian Americans are lumped into one, but even more diverse on that end, too. So uh, we, I think we often forget that, that each of those subcultures have different needs and, and different um you know, needs and re- resource needs. So, um, yeah, like diving deeper into that, I, I think is is hard work, but it's important. Yeah, and, and I think that that's kind of what we want to do here, right? Like, we want to start having those conversations and push each other to to be more aware of those relationships and as our work being inclusive of these communities who've historically just been underrepresented and underserved um and we hope that we're doing and i think we are doing that right we're having you on here and it's been amazing so far um and so now we want to highlight some of the work that you're currently leading either at the city council or any other work that you're doing in the community tell us about what takes up your time oh gosh i so um well a lot of smaller cities city council isn't full-time um we um especially Riverbank's about 26,000, 27,000 people as opposed to Modesto, which is 250. So, um, but at the same, but at the same time, you're as good as a representative as you want to be. So I'm very involved and, um, you know, I I work full time in communications for a statewide nonprofit uh, that does a lot of youth uh, education. So our work um, follows the election cycle and right now it's busy time. It's super gearing up, you know, for the general. Um, and outside of that, you know, just last night we had a city council meeting. Um, there's there's different community-wide meetings that happen. So with city council, for example, uh, we're, we're landing on this ARPA funding, the American Rescue Plan Act funding that every city, every county got. And basically, it's it's flexible. Like every city is able to use it however they want. And so this was at the guidance of of each of the electeds. And um, you know, one thing that that I'm pushing on there is exactly it's what I know is is communications, right? So so having communications be translated into Spanish and English, having communications be more clear and accessible, like on our website, etc. So. 
um, working with the city on that. Um, and, and in general, like just, uh, I think what takes up my time is relationship building, which, you know, does take time and, and is purposeful and, um, you know, making relationships with the school district and the city um, that sometimes doesn't exist in some areas um, with the nonprofits in the cities. And, and uh, I think we're, I don't know how you would put it, like lucky in a sense that um, homelessness doesn't impact our city too much, but we're growing. And so a lot of my focus is on being proactive, you know, as the city grows, because with good things come some, you know, not good things. So, so we're working on like homelessness services and gearing up to, to, um, be proactive about it. And I think like some, some indirect things that don't, that are hard to, to, see that are hard to like hold in your hands are like these like um opinion and culture shifts that that you know I'm trying to do so um for example with homelessness we were purchasing a house for for the city and we had a, an array of options and um the one that was favorable was one that was in an alleyway basically it's over here it's cheaper you know it's kind of outside of the city but you know, I was like, we have to put, you know, if we're going to have a, a service provider in the city, like we have to put it in the city and integrate, you know, these services in the city and um, uh, not create, perpetuate this otherness, you know, for, for certain populations. And uh, it's was, it was funny because there's uh, some comments later, they were like, what is she talking about? You know, at least we're doing something. And, it was, and it's just education, but they understood afterwards, you know, they understood like where it's coming from and what I meant by that. So um, I think it's another like pretty like indirect thing that's happening um, for me in the city. That's awesome. So what can the community, what can the residents do to learn more on getting involved in some of these, these or advocate in and whether it's housing, whether it's homelessness, or whether it's blight or garbage, what are ways residents, community, uh, neighbors could get connected to to learn more about this or advocate? I, I think uh, the simplest way is to attend city council meetings. They're, they could be long, and, and you know, it's, it's a little bit of a learning curve, but um, attend city council meetings. And to be honest, um, on the website, all of our contact information is on there. Reach out, you know, reach out to any of the city council members, the city staff, the mayor, like I'm pretty proud to say that our, they're all accessible. We're all accessible. Um, and then on top of that, uh, I'm trying to be heavy social media presence to, you know, be able to, to be accessible there too. Um, and I think those are the easiest ways to do it because the, the, taking it a step further, there's definitely like um, commissions you can be involved with and, and, and different organization and groups. But um, I know those things can be daunting. Uh, so the simplest way is to reach out to one of us. Well, those are all the questions that we had for today, Rachel. And again, thank you for being on. Um, is there any last thoughts that you wanted to share? Any any last words of motivation, encouragement for our listeners today? Oh my gosh. I feel like, you know, I think owning your story is, is huge. 
you know, owning, owning, you know, where you came from and that it may feel like, you know, it's, it's not what's, what's meant to be in these spaces, but I think it's what's needed in these spaces. And so, um, being, being very like confident in your own story, I think will allow you to, to take up those spaces and, and then to lean on people like the three of us, you know, uh, we're here to, we're here to support and, and, um, to not be afraid to reach out to people. I like that. That's awesome. Well, thank you. And we will hear from you soon, Rachel. Thank you so much for, for taking time out of your day and providing us some insights that, that usually people often push off to the side, but I definitely think it's critical. I think it's important. I think it's it's needed in this world we live in. Thank you so much. Thanks for, for listening and having me. And that is all for today. We'll see you at the next episode, everybody. Have a good one. 